Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Yeah. Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly-veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated, we're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. (laughs) Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm John O'Brien, host of Money and Wealth on the Black Effect Podcast Network. I'm an entrepreneur and a businessman. Now, every Thursday, my newest venture is educating you on how to win financially. Even better, I'm going to teach it in a way that, well, you can understand. I'm going to meet you where you are and take you where you need to be. We all might have different starting points and end goals, but as long as we have the desire to acquire financial freedom, it can be done. Listen to Money and Wealth with John Hope Bryant every Thursday on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? It's your boy, Jerry Clark, and I am the host of Storytime with Legendary Jerry Podcast. For the last 30 years, I have worked with some of your favorite artists like Outkast, Killer Mike, Jeezy, Akon, Jermaine Dupri, and so many, many more. Storytime with Legendary Jerry is an ode to the South. Southern rap has had the game on lock for years, and now I'm telling you legendary stories of how we did it. Listen to Storytime with Legendary Jerry on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A lot of times when you hear about our story, you don't really get what we went through or how we were impacted by it. A lot of things that were shown on TV was the negative, right? Because the negative is definitely what sells, you know, but me, my sister and my brother, there were no complaints with our childhood. We had the best time of our lives when we lived in Washington State with our parents. We got everything that we wanted. We were never without. Um, stability, stability, emotional everything. stability. We yeah. we have friends. We would have family night. My, my mom, she would record so much home videos. <laughs> even if we don't even remember. We have videos where it shows that we had a great bond with each other mm-hmm. and that we were loved, we were comforted. He was a great dad. See? Goofy. Goofy. There were silly times, and mm-hmm. even in the silly times, there was still love in it and hope, you know, everything. Okay, beautiful lady. Okay, little black princess. I'm Tony Harris. On this bonus episode of Monster DC Sniper, my conversation with Selena and Taliba, the daughters of John and Mildred Muhammad. Selena and Taliba both live in Maryland, outside DC. I spoke with them over Zoom. I'm going to take a half a step back, and I'm going to have each of you introduce yourself, right? I want you to tell me your name, and then just describe yourself in your own words. I'm Taliba. 
I would say that I'm bubbly, I'm goofy, <laughs> but also enjoy being very stubborn and, and also um, lively. I am Selena and I am very direct. What you see is what you get. I am the type of person that does not like to judge the other person and is very open to helping anybody that I can. Selena and Taliba, along with their older brother, John Jr., were born in the early 90s, while their father was still serving in the Army. Selena is the middle child. She's now 28. Taliba is 26. They spent most of their early childhood in Washington State. So, I've got two kids that I, I love, you know, to the ends of the earth. And, you know, I'm not with their mom. Um, who is an amazing woman, right? I want to understand from your perspective how you would describe life in the Williams slash Muhammad household growing up. Oh, it was a ball. <laughs> we had the time of our lives when we were young. I mean, like, Fishing, you know, sightseeing, the carnival. Um, it, was, it was great. Yeah. We also went, went went with our neighborhood friends to don't let it snow. We're having snow fights. We're having, we're, we're building snowmen. Yeah. It's, it was, he was, yeah. he was everything that you could picture a father to be was what our dad was to us. Yeah. He was not some monster. He was not anything that the media portrays. You What's could feel the love yeah. that he had for his children when you saw him. Even when he was disciplining us, it wasn't it wasn't negative towards uh, like the next week or so. Like he would counter it with positivity and fun and, and just a lesson to be learned. They never suspected anything was wrong in March of 2000 when John picked them up from their elementary school, drove them to the airport and flew them to Antigua. Selena was 10 and Taliba was eight. They still don't feel comfortable speaking publicly about this period of their life, about what happened in Antigua, or their relationship with Lee Boyd Malvo. But in August 2001, authorities found them living with their father in a homeless shelter in Bellingham, Washington. They were then reunited with their mother, Mildred, who brought them to Maryland, where they once again started a new life. Despite this instability in their childhood, Selena and Taliba say that most of the memories they had of their father were positive. Mildred had sheltered them from John's frightening behaviors, and they were too young to realize how unusual their situation was. But the turbulence wasn't over. A little over a year later, when Taliba was 10 and Selena was 12, the DC sniper attacks began in Maryland. I remember a time where I was walking home from school and I was looking for the white box truck and I was looking around and I just remember just booking it. I just remember just taking off, running straight to home because that scare tactic mm -hmm. was also in us too. And their lives were flipped upside down again when their father and Lee Boyd Malvo were arrested and named the DC snipers. When we found out that our dad was the one that was gonna be named the sniper, we cried. From the time FBI knocked on our door and told us to the time that they showed it on the news, we were moving that entire time, yeah. like hours. We were we packed stuff, we got in a car, we got driven to a hotel, we had to figure everything out. Taliba and Selena were shocked by their father's arrest. 
but before they could even process the situation, their family was thrust into the spotlight. We had to get pulled out of school. Media was starting to show up at our middle school yeah. and we couldn't get in the building. <laughs> yeah. So, and, ju- and just for our, our safety yeah. um, in that time, thankfully our principal at the time completely understood. So and my mom, um, I'm, I'm not too sure of the interaction, but they were, it was a mutual understanding, right. quick understanding of just taking us out. Eventually, reporters stopped showing up to their middle school and the girls returned and tried to get back to some sense of normalcy. Life at that age can be challenging at the best of times, let alone with your father as public enemy number one. With our interactions in school during the time, we've lost a lot of friends. There was a lot of um, speculations that we were going to do what he did. Right, or, like um, we were going to finish the job. Fin- finish the job, or, or, um, or we're going to be a duo at it, or, you know, just extremely negative feedback that mm-hmm. that we don't need to hear at the end of the day. But they didn't care because, you know, children will be children. And um, we were just in that age group. So yeah. Their mother, Mildred, said she struggled to find a therapist they could afford who wasn't just trying to cash in on the publicity and sell the children's story to the press. So Mildred went to the library and picked up a book on counseling. She started helping the children herself. Selena and Taliba credit their mother with helping to get them through that rough patch. One of her main tools in her life is optimism. And that's what really helped us in our healing. The fact that there is always, and no matter what type of negativity that comes up, there's always a positive aspect that you're not thinking about, that you're not focusing your mind on. And the sooner you do, the better off you'll be. (laughs) Period. No way around that. So she was pivotal for our personal growth our emotional stability, our spiritual development. My mom is amazing. A lot of that appreciation for our mom is for her pushing us to make sure that we don't get swallowed up by the media, by negative energy that people tell us, by other things that happen throughout our life that could potentially be that last thing that an average person would need to go through to say, you know what, I'm over this life. Like, I'm just not going to do it anymore. We didn't have that opportunity. And because we didn't have that opportunity, we only see up. We don't see down. We don't see the past. We see up. Like, how far can we go regardless of our situation? Because regardless of the things that me, my sister, and my brother have been through, there are a lot of people out here who have gone through something much worse or much less. And it is their choice and it is our choice to decide whether we want to let this specific situation dictate and outline the rest of our life, or do we want to address the situation, conquer all of the feelings that we have and develop that and restructure that into doing something positive for our life. And we choose positivity always. Have you thought about the question of why you two clearly strong, clearly well-spoken women, have you given any thought to why you two as sisters, as individuals, have been placed in this story? Hmm. Um, we are God-fearing women, period. And there is 
nothing that we cannot handle or anything that is too big for our lives. If we were not supposed to be in the place that we were put in, God would have never put us there. Yep. And it is that simple. He would have never given our family the opportunity to show him that we can come out of this stronger than the way that we went in. Right. So yep. it was not by coincidence. Yeah. It was already written. We just didn't know it. It was already written. All of our lives are already written the way that they're supposed to be. There is no questioning God. We've never questioned him before and we're not gonna start now. There, There is no, why us? Why did you put us in this situation? Because you have to understand that- It's beyond us. It is, it's always beyond us. God saw us fit to go through what he wanted us to go through to be better people, right? To be stronger, to be better vessels. To be better yep. vessels. So why not use us? What are we here for in the first place if it's not to be used by God? I I get all of that, but there is no denying that you went through some difficult days. And it feels to me that in the moments that you're able to really communicate with God, higher power, one of the ways we generally do that is we go through a, a really difficult patch and we say something along the lines of, God, I really need you now. And I, I wonder about a day, a moment that you think about in this journey that represents a really difficult day when you maybe say to God, thank you for getting me through that. I would say that those definitely do pop up in our heads and it would be wrong for me to say that they don't. The night of the execution, that pops up in my head periodically and thinking on my future self, how he, he won't be walking me down the aisle and how he wasn't going to be able to see my prom dress, mm-hmm. how he wasn't a part of the goodbye team when I went away to college. Those times pop up for me periodically. Right. So I am, I am going to have negative days where I'm just like, nope, don't want to talk to nobody. And, yep. and those, those definitely do exist. Prime example, his birthday mm-hmm. or my birthday. As Selena and Taliba grew up, they struggled and still struggle to reconcile the happy memories of their father from childhood with the horrific crimes he committed. Unlike their mother Mildred, who was an adult at the time and who had seen the start of John's descent, Selena and Taliba had been separated from their father during the period of childhood when most of us still idealize our parents. So when they learned their father was the DC sniper, they were completely blindsided. When you're coming from a position of being a child, right? When you're coming from a position of being nine years old and all you've known is my dad acts this type of way because I'm a child, that when you see him on TV, it's like, well, my, that's, that's, I don't know what they're talking about because my dad was consistent, was consistent in his love, right? And was doing all of these things that he was supposed to be doing. They don't try to justify or excuse their father's crimes, but they do chafe against what they consider inaccurate portrayals of their father in the media. We don't resent our father. The way that he was portrayed on the news is not the man that we grew up with. And for us to resent him would mean that we would dismiss our childhood with him. And that's not something that we're willing to do or something that we want to do. 
you know, there is a there is a media representation of your your family story, right? What is the narrative, first of all? And then for you two, what's the most egregious part of that narrative? So I believe that the narrative right now is the fact that he was a monster. The fact that he didn't, was didn't this have a loving manipulator. wife. Yeah. He didn't have any motive. He mm-hmm. was just shooting people. He just went crazy. It's, it has nothing to do with anything like that. My dad was smart, and the actions that he took, he knew what the outcomes were going to be. Now, that does not necessarily say that he is a monster because he's not. These characteristics that people have labeled my father to be are from the outside looking in Mm -hmm. and not actually knowing who my dad was and actually knowing the type of person that he was. Selena's words echoed a sentiment we heard from criminologist Anthony Mioli, that as a society, we want to call these killers monsters. We want to separate them from the rest of humanity, just label them as purely evil. But the truth is often more complicated. Selena and Taliba say that although their father was capable of these attacks, capable of terrorizing their mother, he was also capable of being a loving father. We want to be able to shift the narrative to where we can express that our dad was an amazing dad. Him as a man individually is different than who we experienced. You know how in a, when you're going through a, a hard relationship with somebody or a significant other, and it's, a, it's just a bad time, and all that you could think about is the bad, how they're hurting me, why did they yell in this certain way, or they didn't have to hang up like that, right? And then when all that is done, when you have broken up or when you've separated, all you can think about is the good. And I feel that is where our thought process is. Not necessarily saying that we think about the bad, but there's still good balance that we can counter that with because of our childhood, because of our own experiences that we've had with him. So it would be wrong to say that we don't miss him because we miss him so much. But at the same time, we accept why he isn't here. We accept where we are in that time. And it's a blessing that we are so close as a family. My mom also instilled in us to not feel like we are obligated to give an apology for his actions because his actions are his actions. Um, At the same time, we never stop praying for the victims and the survivors and the families. We have full empathy for everything that that has taken place in, in that time. And we're not insensitive as far as what their journey is now, even after. But at the same time, taking ownership, that would not be appropriate. But we can say that we will continue to pray for the victims and the survivors and that they have a special place in our heart, for sure. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. 
And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com iHeart and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com iHeart. Identity theft protection starts here. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. I don't understand what the big fat ones are. You don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean... You do? This is a show about women. Okay, so I just reapply my lip gloss after eating a delicious lunch. We are headed back now to European political systems class at Baruch College. Woo! Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. That's it. That's actually the name of the show. It's not hosted, not narrated, we're just dropping into a woman's world. It's like reality TV on the radio. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. And looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Selena and Taliba feel that they have been portrayed inaccurately by the media as well, with coverage forgetting how young they were when all this happened, or treating them like irreparably damaged goods. A part of reshaping our narrative is to redefine who his children was. There were so many unrealistic mindsets about how we were coping through it. And by taking a step back, and understanding the time that it happened and then matching the ages and the mentality, and the mentality right. in that era and then saying, oh, okay, well, they were under 10 years old, so kind of don't really know a lot of what happened. So it's important that that's spoken, that, yeah. that, that we were youth. Definitely. And at the same time, my mom didn't shield anything away from us because she wanted us to live a life of truth. We want to shift that we are empowered, that we're loved, that we are stable, that we are okay. Right. 
and that not only are we okay, but we work hard. We don't use that situation as an excuse for progression. We choose to to not make this the crutch for us to not be better women. We don't use it for anything outside of explaining our life story. And also, it helps us to be inspired musically. Throughout the whole ordeal, Selena and Taliba found solace in music. Listening to it, performing it, even writing their own songs. What's helped us is talking it out, Mm -hmm. writing it out, singing it out looking up songs that lyrically tie into those struggles, those songs and those lyrics help for our outlet. Music really has helped us when no human can say words. Chords can really do it. Mm -hmm. Or an instrument can really do it. Or Kenny G can really do it, you know? (laughs) 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 It don't have to be verbal. It can be (laughs) non-vocal. But we wanted to change the narrative for ourselves musically. So now let me ask this question. Tell me why you wrote Scramble. Did you write this or did I write this? I wrote Scramble. Scramble. (laughs) You're making mistakes, I've been making too. It's a part of the game, but who's ready to lose? Where we going? How we moving? What we doing? Push me back, I can't ignore Our relationship is on the floor Who's willing to pick it up? I'm doing things for you, not us So I take care of you Nothing in return Miss me with that bullshit I thought you'd call your side one I ain't stupid I'm taking out my Okay, so we have this thing where Taliba will start a song and then like a week later, she'll come to me and she'll say, can you help me write the second verse? (laughs) So I'm like, well, what did you have in the first place? And so she'll sing it and I'm like, all right, give me like five minutes. I'll figure something out. Where my head was, I was in a relationship and it was very confusing as far as his intentions and where I wanted it to go. And I just was fed up. So... I got those lyrics out. I journaled. I wanted to be able to confront those emotions head on. I also think that the song gives the listener the opportunity to not be afraid to ask those questions. Where are we going? What are we doing? Those are questions that a lot of people shy away from because they don't want to hear the answer. And so Scramble was made for the listener to put your pants on, evaluate your situation, and ask these questions. questions. Because if you don't, then you're going to be stuck in a relationship where you're not happy. And this life, you only get to live it once. And you don't want to waste 5, 10, 15 years of your life in a marriage, in a relationship. It's not healthy, you know? So that's how Scramble came to this world.
but Scramble has darker undertones as well, like its reference to an affair and getting a gun. So the verse escalated from the observation to me being completely fed up to now I'm mad. To now I'm violent. Like there are levels. But, there are levels. But that's real because yeah. in real relationships, in those defining moments, in those relationships, your mind can get there. Yeah. Your mind can scramble in that way. It's easy to imagine how their family story has influenced the song's themes, with its lyrics about how love can scramble our brain and even make us violent, and about the fear of getting stuck in an unhappy and unhealthy relationship for years. Tell me about when you had to decide how much of your journey together you were willing to share in your music. It's a very good question. For me and my sister, the things that we've been through and the things that we've gone through have shaped the way that we see the world. But we are still picking and choosing what we want to put into our music. It's a lot of emotions and a lot of time and a lot of thinking that we put into our songwriting when it comes to the things that we've been through. When did this desire to, to play, to sing, when did music become a part of your life? It became a part of our lives when we were little, mm-hmm. um, when we were like six, seven. Mom heard something in us and we always found it to be a hobby. But she's like, not a hobby. So she just plugged us in mm-hmm. to um, choirs. And then the choir directors were like, they can take this seriously. Then plugged us into performing arts schools. That's where we both went. And mm-hmm. then just transitioned from there to gaining scholarships to take it to college. So. We have degrees in voice performance. You mentioned that your mom at some point said it's not a hobby, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's a thing. It's not a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess what does that say about your mom? What kind of a person is your mom? How do you describe her? I wish folks could see the video right now. <laughs> we're recording this for a podcast, but I wish they could see your faces and how broad these smiles are. That, She's a beast. That beautiful stallion spirit. <laughs> <laughs> She's a beast. She um she goes above and beyond for her children. Which brings tears to my eyes, but we're just gonna <laughs> we're gonna keep pushing through. My mom, um, my mom is amazing. And yes. And she is a role model to how I want to be as a woman and a mother. She has turned down so many opportunities. She's she's made extra time to where that we are all individually okay and then collectively. She's a one. She is. She never stops. <laughs> she just never stops. She never stops. So it's it's a blessing. It's a blessing. It is every single day that we still have her and that we can embrace her. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I don't understand what the big fat ones are. 
you don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean, you do? This is a show about women. Okay, so I just reapply my lip gloss after eating a delicious lunch. We are headed back now to European political systems class at Baruch College. Woo! Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. That's it. That's actually the name of the show. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. It's like reality TV on the radio. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. And looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm John O'Brien, host of Money and Wealth on the Black Effect Podcast Network. I'm an entrepreneur and a businessman. Some would call a thought leader. Now, every Thursday, my newest venture is educating you on how to win financially. Even better, I'm going to teach it in a way that, well, you can understand. No unexplained theories, no mundane lessons, no using 20 words when two will do. I'm going to meet you where you are and take you where you need to be. I'm giving you straight talk, relatable stories, and life lessons through my own experiences and the lens of others. We're not just talking about why financial freedom is important. We're focusing on how you can achieve it too. We all might have different starting points and end goals, but as long as we have the desire to acquire financial freedom, it can be done from the streets to the suites. Listen to Money and Wealth with John Hope Bryant every Thursday on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? It's your boy, Jerry Clark, and I am the host of Storytime with Legendary Jerry Podcast. For the last 30 years, I have worked with some of your favorite artists, like Outkast, Killer Mike, Jeezy, Akon, Jermaine Dupri, and so many, many more. Storytime with Legendary Jerry is an ode to the South. Southern rap has had the game on lock for years, and now I'm telling you legendary stories of how we did it. Like Pastor Troy doing the ad-libs for one of Justin Timberlake's biggest hits. Whenever you listen to Cry Me a River, man, I'm all through them ad-libs on that song. It's that voila, voila, cry me a river, ah. Y'all hear this, man? to it, man. And what if I told you Jazzy Faye and CeeLo have an unreleased album just sitting in the vault waiting? Now, you and CeeLo had a group for a minute, man. Yeah, we had a whole album in the can. We got a, we have a whole album. Now I have partnered with iHeart Podcast to bring you one of the hottest podcasts in the game, telling you some of the most unheard stories in the music industry. Listen to Storytime with Legendary Jerry on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now in their late 20s, Selena and Taliba have had some time to look back and reflect on their experience. Although this is a part of our story, this is not our story. And it's important that there are other purposes, there are other stories that we will be a part of. This was just one that started off the endless other stories that are gonna come in the future. So it's imperative that we keep pushing forward and reflect, of course, too, because there was so much going on while we were still in school, while we were still trying to establish friendships and maintain our grades at the same time. 
it was a lot. Trusting in the unknown is really hard. And um, in that time, it was a lot of confusion. It was a lot of tension and anxiety. But I would tell my younger self to not be afraid of where my life is going to go. This is not the end. Right. This is only the beginning. This is only um, what's going to make us stronger. And also, um, I would tell my younger self to lean on my sister a little more. Before college, we were we were at differences. So I would say to lean on her more. Like many siblings, the two sisters fought as children, but discovered a close bond later in life. In their case, when they were both going to college in Cleveland. I was fortunate enough to have my sister 30 minutes away from me. And um, I was going through so much and just trying to figure out what am I doing and how, how can I operate in the city alone? And um, I was crying and being my dramatic self <laughs> as I am. And she's very compassionate. And that's one thing that I really love about our sisterhood, specifically Selena, mm-hmm. is because I can be so in my head, especially in that time where I didn't know what I was doing. And she would know when it's time to give me tough love. And she would know when it's time for me to just vent. And she doesn't have to say anything because I'm that dramatic. <laughs> and <laughs> she just knows those different switches mm-hmm. for when it's time to be a sister, when it's time to be a friend when it's time to be a music partner, when it's time to be my second mom, especially with me being the youngest. So that 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 also is a very important element in, <laughs> in the sisterhood. <laughs> you two, your sisterhood, I can't even imagine the levels at which you connect as sisters who have shared an incomprehensible journey together. Really appreciate you uh, respecting our boundaries and um, really appreciating where we are now. Yep. And taking that time. Yep. And giving us this platform to to just have a conversation about it and to give us the opportunity to just speak the way that we want to. Yeah. With freedom. Um, with just, freedom. And yeah. even if we don't feel like talking about something that you guys don't shun us, right? That it's like, okay, it's fine, we'll just move on. That's something that a lot of people that record shows don't have. Or don't give. Um, and because because they always have it. They do. It's they about if they give, give it or it. not. Facts. <laughs> and so we want to take this time out to say thank you guys for um, including us in this special and for giving us this platform to speak. That's it for this bonus episode. I wanted to text Mildred immediately after the interview to tell her how much I enjoyed my conversation with her daughters. But I gave myself a day to process everything I'd heard. Taliba and Selena are both sides of the Mildred Muhammad coin. Taliba reflects Mildred's easy smile and sense of humor. Selena reflects Mildred's toughness and sheer strength. Together, these two women have a lot to say about overcoming life's difficulties. And through their music, they demonstrate the importance of finding a way to express yourself in exactly the way you want to do it. Judgment be damned. When I finally texted Mildred, I wrote, Wow, your girls are amazing. She responded with, Yes, they are. Thank you.
If you'd like to hear more of Selena and Taliba's music, search for Two Music. That's T-O and then music. The song Scramble that we played in this episode is from their 2018 album, To Who. Thanks for listening. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Yeah. Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly-veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated, we're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. (laughs) Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm John O'Brien, host of Money and Wealth on the Black Effect Podcast Network. I'm an entrepreneur and a businessman. Now, every Thursday, my newest venture is educating you on how to win financially. Even better, I'm going to teach it in a way that, well, you can understand. I'm going to meet you where you are and take you where you need to be. We all might have different starting points and end goals, but as long as we have the desire to acquire financial freedom, it can be done. Listen to Money and Wealth with John Hope Bryant every Thursday on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? This your boy, Jerry Clark, and I am the host of Storytime with Legendary Jerry Podcast. For the last 30 years, I have worked with some of your favorite artists, like Outkast, Killer Mike, Jeezy, Akon, Jermaine Dupri, and so many, many more. Storytime with Legendary Jerry is an ode to the South. Southern rap has had the game on lock for years, and now I'm telling you legendary stories of how we did it. Listen to Storytime with Legendary Jerry on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.